a little bit more background. So we're talking about relationship, and we were talking in the office, actually, about some of the things I was going to share. This was weeks ago. And so Natalie came up with the title for this, actually. I think I came up, you did, the third word on the title. Because I was talking about relationship, and there's so many aspects of relationship. That word can, you know, we can talk about that for like every Sunday for the next 10 years, I think. And we talk a lot about the vertical, but then also I uh, talk sometimes about the horizontal, like the person-to-person relationship thing. And so much of relationship, of course, is built on communication with one another, how we interact with each other. And so many times, the, the bottom line of what I'll be talking about is our failure really just to listen to each other. Too often, we just don't listen. We're too intent on trying to say what we have to say that we don't hear what somebody else has to say. And so we were kind of talking about it, and, it was, and <laughs> the discussion was kind of like, yeah, just shut up. So now you can play the first slide. So the title to my, and any time now, <laughs> I think they're doing that, doing that on purpose, aren't they? So love God, love others, shut up. The other reason I wanted to make it short was because, you know, you walk out of here on Sunday, and I don't know about you, but so often I'm like so encouraged by what I heard. It just touches my heart. And then you're talking over lunch. And now what did they say? Right? I mean, it just happens. So I try to make whatever I say come back towards like, well, if you can't remember anything, you can remember two words. Shut up. Stuart said, shut up. Yeah. Oh, the other thing. Anyway, I'll get to something later. So that's my message. Thank you very much for coming today. <laughs> that was good. We can go to lunch early. Beat the Baptist to the buffet, right? Okay, now let's get more serious. Let's go on to the next slide, please. Thank you, maestro. What is the meaning of life? Um, Sometimes I just start with a few premises and then we move on to some other things. That we did not create ourselves, God created us. So we don't get to call all the rules, right? Remember last time I had something to say and I played a video that everybody was worried about because of the source of it, my cousin Vinny. But it was funny. When we talked... Pardon? Somebody said something. They were like, they wanted me to play the rest of it, and I couldn't do that in church because some of the words that Cousin Vinny had to say weren't church-appropriate for Sunday mornings. Anyway, in that little movie, My Cousin Vinny, the moral of the story, the little thing that I had to say was that when we're in the arena of, in my world, a courtroom, uh, I've got to go by their rules. And in the arena of our life, God set things in order. So we don't get to make up the rules. We have to understand what is our purpose here in life? How is it supposed to be played out? And it's not something we get to construct in our brains or go to some philosophy class or some wacko religion and make up something that feels good, sounds good, because that's just not the way it is. God created us. God set the parameters. God loves us so much that the parameters that he set are actually to maximize our joy, not to overwhelm us with rules and put us in a pot and a lid on it, and we can't get out. But it's actually just like we were singing this morning. There's freedom, right? There is freedom in God. And so that's where we ought to be. Um, And then I often think about, uh, as whenever I come back, like daily, to what's life all about, what's my purpose all about, what am I supposed to be about today, I'm always brought back to the interchange between a lawyer and Jesus figure. And it boiled down to what's the greatest commandment. And the message was love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and in everything we do, in everything we do, it ought to come back to that. It's like everything about us is 
focusing our love to God and our love to our neighbor. And so then, of course, Jesus went on to respond to the question that was posed to him by the lawyer who was trying to, you know, trick him. I mean, imagine that. Uh, Luke 10.30 on the Good Samaritan. And that was Jesus making the point that loving others isn't a matter of a belief system um, because the Levite and the priest both walked by, and they had a belief system about doing good things and all of that. So they had their belief system, and they probably preached to everybody how you're supposed to live, but when it came right down to it, they didn't live it out, you know. They just say good stuff, but they don't do good stuff. So it's not loving somebody isn't a matter of what you think in your brain and have as a philosophy of love, but it's what you actually carry out. It's a matter of action. So the Good Samaritan, who wouldn't fit into those boxes of the religiosity of the day, he was the example because he didn't, and he wasn't looking for any glory out of it either. He didn't go around and post it on the square. He just took this guy made sure that he was cared for and said, I'll take care of it. I got it covered, took him to the innkeeper for the guy that was on the road that was all wiped out and nearly dead because the robbers had beat him up and stuff and left him to die. And so the Good Samaritan came along and helped him. We ought to do the same thing. Our life needs to be action. I'm getting there ultimately to the shut up part. Next, we're, we're synchronized now. You could see it coming. But don't get ahead of me. Thank you. We're good now. Because there's some really clever video coming up, I hope. So anyway, we'll see. And don't worry, it won't have any unpleasant language in it. The body of Christ being connected. So I'm glad that Martha talked about connect groups this morning. And I listened and watched Rachel's a couple of times over after last Sunday to kind of remind myself of some of the things that she was talking about, about our connectedness and some of the hindrances to it. 1 John 4.20, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 through 26. So this is all getting back to the connectedness. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary... The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with great modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. We just can't ignore the fact that God created us to be interconnected. I think that the notion of, you know, going off to, to sit on a hill and be with God and stay there forever and not be connected with other people is not truly spiritual. It's contrary to how God created us to be integrated, that we require each other. You know, I don't get very far without these feet, and sometimes these feet aren't necessarily the most pleasant-looking things. I've got the most massive toe in the world. I, you know, I do. I, you know, I take funny pictures of it sometimes. I just, I, I, you know, it's weird. I'll be reading the paper in the morning, drinking my coffee, and I've got my foot up, and I'll just take a picture of my big toe and text it to a friend, like, good morning. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's really strange. It's true. The more you get to know me, the more you kind of wonder why you do. But anyway, but 
we all need each other, you know? And sometimes the parts are internal organs that may not be the most, you know, glorious things. Uh, they're the most important things. We've got to be connected to each other. It's critical that it's not just tangential, but it's truly connected. Not just, oh yeah, I'll just chop my finger off. This is my body, but it's way over there. It's no longer part of my hand, it's out there. Well, it's not doing my body any good if I chop my finger off and leave it out over there, is it? We've got to keep it all together instead of all separated out. Even though we might be members, if the members are not connected, the members have a problem, right? So, next slide, please. Thank you. Uh, we have to communicate to be connected. One member of the body can't just act like another member does not exist. We do that sometimes, you know? You're just like, yeah, 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 whatever, I don't like you. And you, you go on. That's not to say that everybody's going to be best friends with everybody. It just isn't the case. I think God created our uniqueness, that some people are naturally drawn to each other and really tight, and others not so much so, even though they're all valuable members of the body. Um, you know, one of my best buddies is a ski buddy of mine. In, in some ways, our, our thoughts are different and stuff, but it's a very unique thing. I say my ski buddy because literally, Brian and I see each other during ski season constantly, and after that, I don't think I've seen the dude for like six months or eight months or something. That's kind of wrong, I guess. But, but there's a connectedness that comes that God creates, and then we uh, appreciate and enjoy it in the context that God gives it. And with some people, it's a constant thing. With others, it may be coming and going, but we're still members of the body. Next, each member needs to recognize that the members are critical to the whole body, working well as a whole. I already talked about that. You can't have your fingers separated from you. And we can't understand and appreciate others without listening to them. To me, that's just what it really comes down to, and that's why I had the shut up thing on the slide. How can you understand somebody if all you're doing is yammering away and talking and you're not paying any attention, serious attention, to what they have to say. Everybody wants to just blah, 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 blah. And if the two people aren't taking a moment in time to focus and understand, I, my next kind of analogy was like somebody talking in a foreign language. If you're just talking in one language and you're just babbling on and the other person isn't even tuned in, there's no communication going on. You're speaking one language and they're just off in another world and nobody's profiting by that. You know, there's no profit in somebody speaking one language and, you know, what is it, men are from Mars and women from Venus or something, right? That was a long time ago. I think it was before many of the people in this room were born. But <laughs> I love some of that stuff. Anyway, our insistence on making our own points undermines understanding. Um, don't play chat. Just wait for it. Wait for it. Thank you. So <laughs> I think I have to figure the button up there. I think that's what happens so much. You know, whether it's at home, whether it's in a friendship, whether it's in a social setting, we've all been in those, you know, where you're with a group of people and somebody, you know, when you come in, this person's just going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And it's going to be really hard. And there's no building up of the relationship. Because all that happens is one person's got to have their say, because somehow in their mind, they think they just got to tell everybody either their problems or their advice or their whatever it is that they got to say. And you're all, and they don't care. Don't care that everybody else is held captive to it. And whether it's a one on one situation or a group situation, there's just something grating and wrong about somebody just taking control. 
and not even pausing to consider what is the interaction and the interchange with people. And so it undermines understanding. And I think that's why I had the, the notion of shut up. It, yeah, when we connect, everybody has a part to play, something to share, some back and forth. But when it's just one thing going on, you don't understand what's going on in the room. So I, I was thinking, I, you know, I try to think of something. Honestly, I spent a lot of time on YouTube because Daniel told me if I did YouTube, it'd be really easy to play on the PowerPoint. We found out that wasn't really true after all, but I think it's going to work. So I was YouTubing, like, what are some examples that I can play in church? Because last time I spoke, I did something for my cousin Vinny, and everybody was, oh, my God, it's my cousin Vinny. You can't do that in church. So I Mary Poppins. I could play Mary Poppins in church. That would be just the opposite of my cousin Vinny. So here's an example of what it's like. Can you play the audio with it? There we go. When you're not paying attention and listening. <laughs> it's just fun. But, you know, people do that, don't we? We just, like, walk in the door and, boom, I'm just going to tell you about this and that. And nobody's interacting with anybody. So that wasn't really deep and spiritual, but hopefully it's an example of what I'm trying to talk about. Um, and in my uh, world of jury trials, and Gary can relate to this, too, when we're... Um, making a choice of who's going to serve on a jury, we get to, to some extent, make decisions on who we don't want. We don't necessarily say we're going to pick these and bring them on. It's really deselection is what it is. And we got to listen to them. You know, that's the thing that so many people don't get because it's really critical that we understand who they are and whether they're really going to be poison for our case. And... I've seen so many times when people don't do that, and I'm not saying I've got it down right either. It's really a challenge sometimes. Um, but I remember one time I was trying a case with another lawyer. He's a really nice guy, and he's a good lawyer, I thought. And in many ways, he is. But anyway, you're trying the case, and we divided up who's going to do what. And it was his job to select the jury. So the jury's out there. And see, because we got to know. I mean, if somebody, like, absolutely hates Anybody that claims they got hurt in a car wreck, for example, and I'm representing somebody who got hurt in a car wreck, I don't want that person on my jury. I need to know that they kind of got this mindset that too bad, suck it up, move on with life, don't file a lawsuit. I don't want those people on my jury. That's going to hurt me. But I got to know that. And how am I going to know that if I'm only talking to them? I got to know who they are. And that's how we are in relationship. So we're doing this jury. It was his job to do the jury selection. I was going to do other parts of the case. And he just talked and talked and talked and talked and talked. <laughs> it was like, and he talked, and occasionally he'd say, anybody have a problem with this? Raise a hand. And everybody just looked at him. I mean, there was zero interaction. Zero. I had no idea who these people were. But that was his job to kind of sound it all out, right? And he comes back to the council table, sits down next to me, and he goes, so what do you think? And I go, I think you need to take a class on jury selection is what I think. I told him that. <laughs> We'll make the best out of it. Thankfully, the other lawyer asked some questions that helped us kind of figure out who to get, and the end result was pretty good for us. But we got to do that. You know, if you don't listen, how are you going to know who you're dealing with and how are you going to be of any role in their help? Um, the other thought or example I made is like first dates. You know, thankfully, I've had very few of those in my life. Very few. That's good for me. Um, so I can relate to Anne, who's not here, so I can just tell a story about Anne. Hi, Anne. Are you watching? By the way, she had like some muscle tension thing that created a really bad headache last night. And she's 
much better this morning, but just not up to coming. And I, so now I can tell a story. <laughs> but you know what? She was single for so many years, but a firm believer and loving Jesus. And would she, somebody would set her up with, go out on a date with somebody. It's like, find out, does this person love Jesus with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength? And if not, it's like, bye. But how do you find that out, right? Instead of like, look at me, and I'm so cute, and da-da-da-da-da, don't you want to be around me? It's like, I want to know who you are. And then that develops whether or not there's any point in progressing with the relationship. Um, so screening marginal believers. And that misunderstandings and frustrations from not paying attention to what others are saying. You know, that happens so often. I, I don't know about you, but I really enjoy watching interactions between people. When two people are talking in a room, play this game sometime if you don't do it already. You can kind of see tensions building up because this person's saying this, and this person's hearing something different, and then they're getting mad at this person who's getting mad at this person. The tensions are starting to rise. And I sit on the sidelines, and you just kind of see, you guys are not listening to each other. Seriously. And especially if it's amongst my family. Believe it or not, we don't get along like Mary Poppins all the time. There are occasions when communication breaks down. Does that happen sometimes, Jewel? I think it was like February of 2019, maybe it was, anyway, last time. Um, but it happens. And so I'm watching sometimes a little bit of tensions rise. Not that I'm the old wise old owl, although, I'm, anyway. But I'll just, wait, 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 wait. And sometimes I'll say the word shut up. Shut up. You're saying this, and you're saying this, right? Do, 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 right? And then you try to get people like, ah, I get it, right? Does that ever happen, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> He's especially the one that I tell him to calm down, because Daniel is like his half Sicilian mom. He's really got the Sicilian in him in a good way. I mean, just fires up, and uh, I love that about Daniel. Okay, so let's do some scripture verses. So, I don't know if you can read those, so I'll read them all. But I thought, well, you've got to have some Bible in it. But Proverbs has so much to say. And I was just meditating on it and just going through some things in the Word of God that, that bear on this. And some I've read before, but they really kind of popped back out at me. Um, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs twelve fifteen. That's so true. We all think we're always right all the time, don't we? We just do. We just go through life. I'm right. Yep, you're all wrong. But if you listen, it doesn't mean that everybody else has always got it right either, but you just got to pay attention. Otherwise, how can you profit? What's the point of having people connected to each other if they can't have some understanding that one gives to another? It says, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is folly and shame. Proverbs 18:13. Don't you just love it when people cut each other off in a conversation? Yeah. Just, oh, no, 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 I got that, right? And they don't. They, they don't listen and hear what the other person has to say, and as a result, you can't develop a depth of communication. Um, the next one I, I really like, it says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Proverbs eighteen twelve. We see that so often. Everybody, you got to know what I think because I'm right. Now just shut up and you shut up and listen because I've got this right. Well, maybe you don't, right? Maybe you really don't. And where do we see that, especially in today's climate and all the political debates and social debates on things where people have no indication or no in, inclination uh, to take into consideration what somebody else has to say? 
All they want to do is express their own opinions. Let me tell you what I got to say. I don't care what you, I, this is what I got to say. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't build anything up. It doesn't build relationship. It doesn't build people closer together as a body of Christ. It's counterproductive. So let's take a word from the word and recognize that just doing nothing but expressing our opinions is not profitable. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he is deemed intelligent. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, just, just be still. Because if you're just spouting, I know, I know, I got that, I got that, I got that. You know, people are going to think, no, you don't. You don't got that. You don't have that right. Just shut up. So there's times just to zip it and process what other people are saying. Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Proverbs 21, 23. And then I had a parenthetical. Online arguments can become real ones. I mean, how often? I thank God I don't know anything about how to do face tagging and whatever people do. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Stuff that people do. Posting, you know, Insta post and all that stuff. It's just, I just don't. You know, I, I got a Facebook account someplace, and I can honestly say I did a posting on Facebook once. I think it was like five years ago I posted something myself. I do have office staff that occasionally does things that we need to do, and that we'll be doing more in the future. So, But that doesn't come from me. I'm behind it, I know. But, um, I mean, how often do people just want to go out there and not keep their tongue, but you said this, well, I'm going to say that, and you said this, I'm going to say that, or I'm going to say this, and I'm going to, do, 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 right? And, you know, the tongue is a, what do they call the a fire? Tongue creates a fire. I don't know what's the right, what's the, what's the right Bible verse, Linda? Oh, come on. <laughs> something about the tongue's a fire. It's like a fire creates a fire. It's something about fire in the tongue. I didn't put that in my notes, so therefore I don't know it, but I know it's in there someplace. It's in the Bible, but we do it. You know, our tongue sets things on fire, and what's the profit of that? Sometimes when there's that interchange going on, it's better just to kick back and process what's going on. And there's times you just go, you know, this is not a place for me. I'm just going to move on to another interaction with somebody. Um, these are all from Proverbs. And the last one that I had from Proverbs is whoever restrains his words has knowledge. And he who has a cool spirit is a man or woman of understanding. Proverbs 17, 27. Um, and truly, the more that we can purpose to keep ourselves constrained and restrained instead of just jumping out there with throwing things and throwing fuel on the fire, the more that we're truly operating, I think, in the wisdom that God has for us. So then there's some wisdom from some other Bible passages other than Proverbs that I would touch on. Um, first one, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but uh, uh, but does, does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart. This person's religious is worthless from James. And I put in brackets the proverbial hypocrite. Goes around, I'm so religious, I'm so religious, I'm so da 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 but doesn't bridle his tongue. And he thinks he's all religious, but really all he's doing is just creating strife and contention. Um, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me, from Revelation 3.20. Um, and I might touch on this just a little bit later. But this, of course, is the interaction with God saying, 
You know, you got to listen. You got to hear. He's standing and knocking, but we have to be pause and listen and not just focus on what it is that's of importance to us in that moment of time, but hearing God's desire to come in, and it's our job then to open the door and allow him in. From Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. You know, there's a lot of times that we're doing battles where we think, well, if I say this and I do this and I do this, you know, i got to win the battle by and that's not always the case. And there's times when God calls us to speak up, speak out, take a stand. I'm not saying that we're just like lambs to the slaughter. But there's times when it's really critical to recognize that God is the one fighting for us. We've got, if we're walking with God, he cares for us. He desires the best for us. He's fighting for us. And sometimes we just got to recognize, okay, let God do the fighting for me. Um, and then whoever uh, is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. I found that rather, uh, John eight forty seven. Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is you're not of God. I forgot which translation that is. I think it's NIV. God's got a lot to say to us. He's got so much to say to our lives, to us specifically, and how he desires to live the life that he has to reach out to the lives of other people. But we don't even hear what he has to say if we're not united with him, if we're not given over to him, if we're not uh, humbly coming before God and saying, it's your will and not mine be done, right? We have to be of a place where we are of God in the sense that I've given myself to you. I'm purpose to not live my life, but to live your life. And, and in doing that, say, not my will and not my words, but yours be done. We have to um, understand one another in order to build relationship. And in doing that, sometimes the communication we have with each other, um, you could go to the next slide there and then just pause. Thank you. It, it's an interchange. It's not just always listening to somebody else, but somebody's back and forth meaningfully. And you know what's interesting is sometimes the way that one couple might relate doesn't apply to another couple. As long as the two people are having a meaningful interaction and, and recognizing that the other person is communicating in a way that there's a back and forth, it just builds. It's... I don't know, the body of Christ has to have growth and building and strengthening. And in doing that, we have to have an interchange. And so, you know, I was trying to find a meaningful uh, example of people communicating, unlike the Mary Poppins example where the guy's just talking and he's not paying any attention to what's going on in the home or what his wife has to say. And I thought, you know, and I looked at like some of the classic uh, sitcom things, like sometimes we used to watch The Middle and and I couldn't find anything that kind of demonstrated two people interacting in a way that might seem odd to other people, but clearly they're having a good, meaningful exchange. But I finally found one on YouTube, so you could play. This is a good example of a good, meaningful exchange. <laughs> 